I was really struggling as we walked through the aftermath. It just felt like every day was a struggle. It was hard to breathe sometimes. It was hard to just function day to day. And it was so lonely. When Carrie learned of her husband's affair, she felt betrayed by God. She lost hope until she heard a Focus on the Family podcast. The reason why I listened to it over and over again is because it felt like I was sitting down with a friend who was telling me, like, I've been there and it's okay and you can do this and I promise in the end it's going to be worth it. And it just broke me in a good way. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can heal more broken marriages like Carrie's and give families hope. Please call 800-the-letter-A-in-the-word-family. That's 800-A-FAMILY. Or donate at focusonthefamily.com slash hope. And your gift will be doubled. Some weeks are pretty quiet in the realm of pop culture. I mean, we can't have blockbusters every week or we would probably just get tired of them. <laughs> and then you have weeks where the big stuff makes its debut. Big movies, big shows, big music. This week is in the latter category. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz, your host of The Plugged In Show, focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, it's a big week. Black Panther Wakanda Forever lands in theaters this week. So Marvel fans everywhere are rejoicing. Paul, AC, and I have both seen it, and we're going to tell you everything you need to know, not only in terms of content, but the themes, the messages, the ideas. Um, We are going to dig deep on this one. And in our second segment, we'll be talking about a newcomer you've likely never heard of. Her name is Taylor Swift. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm just dad joking with you. Sorry about that. Taylor is back with yet another colossal record-setting album called Midnights. And Kennedy Unthank will tell us about that. Before we jump in, I would also encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Take a minute to leave a review for others who might be wondering what this crazy show is all about. And as you might have guessed, joining me today are Paul AC and Kennedy Unthank. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Well, I probably will never run out of superhero icebreaker questions, (laughs) but I'm up in the game this week. Because just like sequels have to up the game, Sometimes we have to up our game, too. So I'm not oh going to ask goodness. you who your favorite superhero is. No, that would be low-hanging fruit plus <laughs> Batman for you, Paul. So that would be super boring. <laughs> it's, it's a given. Um, here is my question. You can put together a team of five superheroes. Ooh. And, and, but wait, there's more. You can pick DC, Marvel, so you can Image. Blend them. You can blend you know, I'm hoping nobody picks anybody from the boys, but I suppose if you had to include Becky from the boys, I would have to let you. Uh, so, who wants to go first on the creation of their super team? And just give us a little bit of a rationale for why you would put these five superheroes together. Okay, so first, I need to ask a clarifying question. I bet you do, because your mind what is spinning, right? Sort You're trying of, to buy time. What sort of what sort of crisis do these people have to do? This is not a permanent. Big. It's big. big. Let's so is say it, is it universe? Is yeah. It, let's say interstellar. Okay. Like let's go endgame big. Let's go. So that definitely Thanos level daredevil. Thanos level threat. Oh We're not talking kingpin goodness. here because really, who cares about kingpin? I don't. Okay, so so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna jump right in here. 
I'm going to go Captain Marvel. Which one? Both. No. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes, no, both. No, no, there's both. more than two. Well, okay, we're going to do the two big ones. Captain Marvel Shazam. from the Marvel world. Okay. The guy who's known as Shazam, because both of those seem okay, like are they are you doing be... male Captain Marvel or female Captain Marvel? Oh, my gosh. In, even in... Marvel, you've got like three different choices. Okay, so in the Marvel universe, we're going to go. We're going to go cinematic universe. Great. So it's. I'm going just to be, clarifying. I got you. I'm just got the messenger. You. No, I think I think we need to do both Captain Marvels. Otherwise, okay. Captain Mar- Marvel and Shazam. Right. Got to do Doctor Strange. Okay. Right. Uh, I think just for just for a little bit of humor. I'm going to get put in Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just because I think you always yeah, James Gunn could direct like this that. one. <laughs> but he's at DC now, so probably not. And then for my fifth guy, you know what? I got to go Superman I don't want on the team. He's just sort of- So this is a non-pick? Sucks all, this is a non-pick. He sort of sucks <laughs> all the air out of the room, so to speak. And so I think, but I am going to go with Wonder Woman. I okay. think Wonder Woman is kind of the person think- who I'd want to- Fill Excellent. out the rest of the team. Excellent choice. Kennedy, are you ready or are you still thinking? Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay, because uh, it's my question, so I know who I'm going to yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> just as a preface for this, I'm actually I'm building the team that I think I would get along with the most. <laughs> I think that's a really great, uh, what do they call it? A rubric. Yeah. It's a great rubric. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Well, you don't want unneeded tension. You yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. So so I got a whole group of jokesters. <laughs> oh, I love Um it. So Shazam, Shazam. obviously. Uh, the Flash. Right. Mm. I'd also do uh, probably Spider-Man yeah. from oh, from yeah, Marvel. Yeah, yeah. I want to uh, ask you which one because that would MCU be Tom Holland version. Tom Holland. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I'll, I'll put one serious guy in there, Doctor Strange, uh, yeah. just so we can have someone you need who a can, straight man, right? someone well, who can lead the team, be the frontline tank kind yeah. of guy. Right. Well, and he's got he's got the cape. The cape is fun. Yeah, the cape is cool. Um, does that count as two? No, it's <laughs> one. It's uh, one. And then finally. I'd probably go with Invincible from Invincible. Oh yeah. Uh, just because he's got he's probably got one of the coolest heroes journeys, I think. Yeah, but. that is a cool hero. That's a great team. That's, I like that. It's not as good as mine, but it's pretty passable. Maybe not in power. You know, we're gonna man, have a we're contest. Have such a funny movie. We're gonna have a contest <laughs> later, Paul. You don't need to win this one. This is just what we call a thought experiment. All right, all right. So I'm just gonna go with my five favorite superheroes. That's cheating. Well, no, it's not. They it's, might not get along. No, and it's and all of them, here's the unifying sort of thing. They're all sort of B-level outcast weirdo heroes. Sort of like us. Right. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say that, but I'll connect those dots since you did. <laughs> so I have to start with with Vision, of course. Of course. So Vision, uh, and you can't have Vision without Scarlet Witch. And for the record, I've been a Vision and Scarlet Witch fan since 1975. Isn't she a bad guy now, though? No, she's not a bad guy. That's ridiculous. You call Scarlet Witch a B-list? Well, <laughs> she was until fairly recently. She was never the main thing. Um, so Vision, Scarlet Witch, Black Bolt. Black Bolt. From okay. the Inhumans, or Blackagar Boltagon is his full name. <laughs> Whew, you'd get made fun in kindergarten for that <laughs> name. Um, Silver Surfer. Mm-hmm. Cause, because he's cool. Another I mean, bad guy. Honestly. Another bad guy. No, yeah. Norrin Rad's, he's You're got a little dark. bit of an attitude. You want to put uh, Dr. And then Doom my, in there? And then my real oddball, whom you may or may not have even heard of, Beta Ray Bill, who is sort of like if you took a horse and Thor and crossed them, that's what you would get. He wears a Thor-like outfit, but he's got a horse head. For real. So I'm really uh, surprised that Aquaman didn't make your list. Um, You know, I like... 
you know, the movie, but it's Aquaman. How can you, you can't get too excited about Aquaman. But anyway, <laughs> in terms of things that we should be getting excited about, I suspect there are people Ooh, nice who segue. are excited about the new Black Panther movie, and we're going to be talking about that in just a second. Tell me how to best protect Wakanda. Without the Black Panther, Wakanda will fall. Well, as I mentioned in the introduction, Paul and I both saw Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. And to give you just sort of a small taste of, oh, lots of things about our personality, I suspect. <laughs> I mean, there's there's the full on Too much. there's the full on geek, which we had sort of in our icebreaker. But we like to dive deep on themes, on issues, on well, this was cool, but uh, and and of course, from a plugged in perspective. Here's what you need to know as a parent. Um, obviously, we know that Chadwick Boseman tragically passed away from colon cancer after Black Panther came out. And Black Panther was huge. Huge. Very, very big movie. And Chadwick Boseman was absolutely a beloved member and the core, obviously, of that story. And so Marvel chose not to replace him with someone else, but in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to have him dying. So our story opens with T'Challa, is mm-hmm. his name, um, dying. Yeah. And Paul, I will I will uh, pass the ball over to you for just a, an overall summary of an extraordinarily complex film. So if I feel like you've wandered off somewhere, I'll, yeah. I'll try to rein you back yeah. in. So what's going on in Black Panther Wakanda Forever? Even before we get there, I, I actually just wanted to, to make a reference about about uh, Chadwick Boseman's passing because yeah. I think that that really brought, at least in the initial stages of the movie and yeah. actually at the end of the story, yep. a deep resonance. Yeah. You know, in these superhero stories, death is sort of iffy. You right. know, people Scarlet Witch back. is going to be back, people. She's not gone. Exactly. And, and But this really felt, and, and it felt final and it felt real and it yeah. felt like you could feel the grief within the start of this movie and that's essentially where the movie starts off this yeah. idea that this beloved figure in Wakanda is gone and the protector the is gone he is yes he is no longer there and so you have this country which is referred to a couple of times as as the most powerful country on earth because of its vibranium vibranium sort of in this period of what do we do now. Yeah. Meanwhile, you have all of these and other... And why is vibranium so important for those who are not familiar with it? Vibranium is super important because, number one, it's the strongest metal on Earth. You could probably throw in some other things here and there from other universes, but but vibranium is super strong. It can't be detected through traditional metal detectors. It is a super powerful metal that can control, quote-unquote, the world if it is used correctly or incorrectly. Right. With Uh, great power comes great responsibility. So you have all these countries in the world that really want this vibranium, and Wakanda does not want to give it to them. Um, Little suspicious about how they might use it. So that's essentially the jumping-off point. 
the world, especially the United States, which becomes and France, weirdly enough, <laughs> France becomes sort of a secondary bad guy in this movie, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, we can um, talk about that. We'll talk about that. Uh, they are on the search for vibranium somewhere else, and they find it deep underneath the sea. That's where these things almost always hide. I've found. Well, seventy percent of the Earth is water, right? That's right. That's right. So, so um, statistically, you've got a good chance. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but apparently, there is an underwater kingdom there that actually has a hold on this vibranium that no one knew about before. Uh, clearly, when they discover the vibranium down under the depths, under the sea, it makes that particular undersea nation very uncomfortable, and so it makes its presence known to Wakanda. And the then it sort does. of, yes, the nation does. Uh, it, and so it, the, the story sort of develops from there. Essentially, yep. this underwater nation ruled by this guy named Namor is really thinking about, we need to protect our vibranium. Why not we just destroy the surface world? And Wakanda, would you like to join in with us? Right. So, uh, meanwhile, the, the the nation of Wakanda, especially Shuri, uh, who is T'Challa's sister, yep. uh, is grieving the loss of this this beloved, beloved figure. And how do they protect Wakanda, not only from the rest of the world, but deal with this new entity that is literally risen from the depths? Yeah. I think that's a great summary. Excellent job, Paul. Why, thank you. They do kind of call him Namor. I've always heard it Namor. And if you are a comic geek, you know that Submariner very much started off as a villain. And then, like a lot of characters in the Marvel Universe, sort of has this vacillation between, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I mean, they've done that with Magneto, and the list goes on, right? Um, but they never call him the Submariner. I mean, he's, he's Namor. Um, and the interesting thing is he's also pretty separate from the Marvel sort of origin story. And I'm not going to go much further than that, but I think they sort of took the idea of a super powered underwater, uh, almost demigod kind of character and then just ran with it and created uh, a a pretty elaborate story. So I want to talk, I think next, what did you think about some of the spiritual elements? Because his story and we won't, do too much here because I don't want to spoil it. No spoilers. But we do need to talk about a few things. His story and then also the Wakanda story is drenched with with spiritual content, which I think um, you might think, well, is there profanity and violence? We'll get to that. But man, the spiritual stuff is everywhere here. What did you think about that, Paul? You know, the spiritual stuff is everywhere, and and I think that you can take it in both good and bad ways. Yep. Just to just to dive into what you first mentioned, uh, the Namor part of the story, they do treat him as as a god. Yeah. You know, all of his people sort of consider him a god. Now, within the movie itself, they don't really present him that way. He is just considered it's almost like Thor was back in right. in the early days where yep. he's this very powerful figure. He is considered a god by his own people and he does have these really godlike powers. Uh he has wings on his feet, he can flap around. Which isn't weird at all. <laughs> he can he's very very strong. He is he apparently can resist 
resist bullets, which I thought was kind of interesting. He's got great jewelry. Great jewelry. And his uh, his story actually stems from uh, some Mayan mythology. Yep. He comes, he is considered to be sort of the feathered serpent who has names within the Mayan religion, within the Aztec religion. And they're religion. so difficult that we can't actually pronounce We're them. We're not even going to go there. <laughs> uh, but, but essentially it does really pull strongly from this Mesoamerican uh, mythos. So uh, you have that there. Now, as far as when you go to the movie, you can sort of work through that because the, the Marvel movie actually sort of sidesteps the idea that, that he's actually a god. Right. They which, have another word for him that we won't use. <laughs> meanwhile there is an explanation there <laughs> meanwhile and I thought this was one of the most interesting elements of the movie honestly was the spirituality that is found in Wakanda um, obviously when you're talking about death you're dealing with some big questions what happens after we die yeah. and Shuri who is this this very scientific character who lives in a very techno savvy world uh, she is doubtful that there is anything beyond death. So for her, the grief when she loses loved ones uh, is more powerful because she doesn't believe that they go on in any respect. The movie pushes back on that. You see lots of characters who talk about finding, you know, death is not the end. We right. hear we hear Shuri's mom say that death is not the end. And I loved... This was one of the things that I loved about the movie was sort of this struggle within Shuri um, to lean on the science, this this technology that she is so familiar with, tries to push away that spiritual element while that spiritual element continues to push into the movie. Well, and she, she desperately wants to make sense of her brother's death. Right. And right. so she's sort of a fierce modernist in some way. Right. I mean, she says a sort of like the first bit of dialogue we hear is essentially a prayer or something to the effect of if you let my brother live maybe I'll believe again yeah and then he dies right and we get the sense that she's sort of made good on the other side of that vow which is my brother died I'm never opening myself up to the idea of spirituality again I'm right. not taking the risk but it keeps coming at her she keeps having to deal with right. it right even when she has a very deeply spiritual experience she actually denies that yes. she had it now there's a lot of reasons why she right. does that but I found that really interesting now when we look at that those big broad themes those are very interesting looking at it more specifically we are dealing with not a Christian worldview. Right. Um, you can definitely read into a lot of a lot of Christian spirituality within it, but but essentially, Bast is their main god. They talk a lot about joining the ancestors. It's sort of yep. this ancestor worship type of thing. So so superficially, at least, you are dealing with some spiritual things that go counter to what Christianity is. Well, in the one place where the movie explicitly critiques Christianity, I think pretty harshly. Um, is that there's a scene that takes place in the 16th century when people are dying because of smallpox, you know, that the Europeans have brought. Um, and little little Namor, you know, pokes his head up out of the water and we see a Catholic priest who I think says, you're the son of Satan. Um, and obviously the, the Catholics and the, the Europeans are depicted as basically colonizing invaders, right? right. I mean, they're which, not, which they were, 
Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, but it's, it's not a sympathetic portrayal of Christianity or of European history at no, all. No, <laughs> no. When, when you look at that one particular scene, you know there's some truth to what they say, right? Yep. That that critique is valid in a lot of ways, but <laughs> the movie never does sort of flip back. You know, Namor has this, this history in this Mesoamerican culture who were notoriously sacrificing people all the time and cutting right. their hearts out, right? So you have it's this... It's not like it was a particularly pacifistic culture to start with. Exactly. So the movie sort of presents it as this idealistic uh, paradise yeah. that these colonizers come and ruin. And I think the truth is a lot more complex than that. I think so, too. And I think the other thing that was interesting to me, uh, and this gets more a little bit in moving from the the spiritual to the political... We have two essentially marginalized or minority groups of people. We've got the Wakandans who it's sort of their whole thing has been us against the world. And, you know, we know from Black Panther from the first movie that they were basically secret. The world didn't even know they existed. Um, And now that they're on the radar, everybody is sort of not necessarily gunning for them to take them down, but they want the resources that, you know, that Wakanda has. And now we have this undersea group um, that I think the the phrase you use is Mesoamerican, which is, I think, a, a good way to describe ethnically who they are. And so, it's just interesting to me. This is a a movie that when white people show up, they're often not depicted very kindly. And even the U.S., I think, as you said, doesn't come off looking very good. And, and I don't know that the movie grinds that axe super hard, but I don't think it takes much to observe that either. What did you think about some no, of those I, dynamics? I totally agree. I think that, that when you're looking at this story, this is this is a story told from historically disenfranchised yes. people. And there are a lot of themes running through that. Even even the focus in uh, this this is a, a movie that is very focused in on women heroes. Yes. You know, you have so you have a lot of pushback against sort of that that male hierarchy, the European hi- hierarchy that you might have seen. Um this is a movie that pushes back against that. Um Again, you know, there's some validity to all of that, right? Right. I'm not necessarily saying that it's terrible, don't go see the movie, but I also think that you, if you want to go looking for political strands and sort of commentary on our culture today... It's there to, to talk about. Well, and I think without that, beating you over the head with right, it. Right, right. And and really when you look at kind of the, the dynamics here, Namor's civilization, they are the big bad, right? They're right. they're attacking Wakanda. And yet they're very, very sympathetic. Right. In their own way. When you look at sort of the least sympathetic entity within this movie, I think it's the United States. Yeah. So that is something that that it feels very trendy in a yeah. way. I think that this is the way you see a lot of movies sort of sort of pushing back against some of the movies that have come before. Yep. Um, but it, it can get the drumbeat can for me can be a little tiring. Like I yeah. get it, but right. I'm I got it. Yeah, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> and, and there is one American character who is is doing the right thing sacrificially. So and so, I won't say anything more about that. So it's not that every American we meet is necessarily the bad guy, but I think it's also safe to say the Americans aren't depicted yeah. as the good guys here it's, either. It's not a very sympathetic portrayal. One of the other themes that I thought was really interesting, and we'll talk about it very broadly in a non-spoilery way, 
is vengeance versus nobility. Um, what what can we say about that? And need I even say more than that? Is it enough to just say that's one of the through lines here? Yeah, it really is. I, I, the movie, at its best, at its heart, is a little bit of this struggle in Shuri's soul Yeah. in terms of what type of person that she wants to be. Very early on in the movie, she talks about how... Uh, She'd be inclined if she doesn't, if she stops leaning into technology, she might burn the world down because she's so angry about the unfairness of losing her brother when she did. She's so frustrated by that. And it's a powerful showing, I think, of what grief and what pain can do to us. It pushes us into a place where pain becomes the, the primary crux from yeah. which we see the world. And you see that within Shuri. And other characters. I mean, actually, you could say Namor's entire worldview is, is a response to what the Western Europeans did to, to his people. Absolutely. I, absolutely. This is a movie about grief. This is a movie about pain. This is a movie about how we can push through that into a better place. And it really becomes a, an open question as to which way yeah. Shuri is going to go. Yeah. Um, and I found that... And it's not clear. No, it really I mean, isn't. without giving up the answer. It really isn't because she has these struggles within herself. And she asked the question, was my brother, who I miss dearly, was he too noble? Was he right. too pure? Was he too good to deal with the crises that Wakanda faces? And I think that's an interesting question because in yeah. a, a way, I think that all of us deal with that question every single day of our lives. Are we going to take the high road yeah. or are we going to do what seems to be the most pragmatic, practical, and kind of muddy thing that we can do? Yeah. So just in terms of content, I found it maybe the most brutally violent Marvel movie that we've seen. Now, I could go back and watch Endgame, and I know thousands of creatures and people are probably slaughtered in Endgame too, but there are big battle scenes. There are people who get impaled. There, There's a lot of sword play. It felt to me like, at, at the very least, one of the more violent Marvel movies. And I was curious, Paul, you're sort of our in-house Marvel expert. You can either confirm or deny or or both. What do you, what'd you think? I would I would actually push back on that a Okay, bit, I thought you, know? you might. <laughs> and there, I love that. There are some violent moments, right? There, yeah. there are a lot of violent moments. This is a superhero story. Naturally, you're going to have a lot of violence. And that impaling sequence was really disturbing. Well, there's, it happens more than once. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. You do have... Have, you do have some elements that Not do a drop take of blood, you though. by surprise. You know what struck me though was the idea of no pun intended <laughs> was was some of because you have sort of this pushback against the establishment. You have police officers, FBI agents, all these sorts of people who who are sometimes the brunt of these superheroes. Yeah, exactly. And and so you have some. I think things that made me feel just uneasy yeah. when you have the people who we're supposed to trust, when you have the people who are supposed to be, you know, quote unquote, in our real world, the good guys who are protecting us from the bad guys, suffering from a lot of this collateral damage, um, that felt a little bit different to me. Well, and I think what felt different to me 
was one scene in particular where there are a whole city full of of civilians mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. who seem to die. And it's it felt different than a tower in Manhattan collapsing, mm-hmm. where you can presume there were people inside there. I mean, we see moms and women and children being swept away, um, you know, as water floods in. That's a tiny, tiny spoiler. Um, but those were the scenes that I'm like, Man, yeah. this is a high body count movie, and in that sense, it it felt like it earned its PG thirteen rating, just from know, the violence alone. Just for the violence alone. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think because of how the movie set itself up, oddly enough, I think think subconsciously, death becomes a bigger deal. Yeah, because we it know, felt more serious to me. Yeah. than just nameless, faceless people are being killed by the big bad. It felt like there was emotionally there was more at stake, which I think I think is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I think because because we see in this movie that death is final, it felt more serious. And yeah. because grief is such a big through thread of the story, yeah. you're thinking about those sorts of themes all the time. Now, there are some other problems that you know, we have. There's a little bit of sexuality, including a, a hint of, of same-sex yeah. attraction. Um, yeah. You have the obligatory uh, S words that you hear in here. You have that profanity. It wasn't a huge number, but they're there. It's probably pretty yeah. similar to what we've seen in previous Marvel movies. Yeah, so you have you have those elements that are pushing in this direction. Overall, it did feel more like a typical superhero movie. Um, I, I didn't find the violence to be quite as over the top as you did. Yeah. Um, I think that... I it, was affected by it more than I think any Marvel movie I've seen. Yeah, see... I came out thinking, wow, this was a tough movie. The the latest Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness, I found that to be really dark yeah, and it's disturbing. Really, yeah. And and so you have some of these elements where, where Marvel is pushing darker. This felt like, in some ways, compared to... To what we've seen in in some of the more recent things, a little bit of a return to form. Yeah, um, I can see that. So, but you do have those spiritual elements. You have those issues that you just need to deal with. Um, so, always check out the full review. Yeah, that's right. I mean, everything that we've talked about because uh, we're going to transcribe this so that Paul doesn't forget anything. <laughs> it will all be in uh, Paul's review of Black Panther, and hopefully, this has given you. A sense of what it's about. There's a lot going on here. I think if you have kids that are, and by kids I mean teenagers, you know, 14, 15 on up, um, who want to talk about spiritual themes, I think there are some things you could talk about here. I also think there's a lot of spiritual stuff going on, and if you don't feel like your kids are ready to have some of those conversations, there's some caution here. Um, But I think overall... This movie moved me emotionally, maybe in a way that I haven't felt even maybe since the last Black Panther. Oh, that's there, interesting. There was an emotional depth here. It wasn't just Thor cracking stupid jokes or Doctor Strange scowling at Spider-Man. You know, it, it there was some real depth here. And I think even our conversation hopefully hints at that. And as Paul said, our review will unpack that and more and give you everything you need to know to make the best decision for yourself and for your family. Well, in our second segment today, we are going to be talking about arguably the biggest musical artist in the world. And that, of course, is Taylor Swift. And Kennedy Enthank is with me today. Hey, Kennedy. Hello. 
Kennedy reviewed the new album Midnight's and Midnight's the 3 a.m. edition, which has, what, seven extra songs on it for a total of 20 Taylor Swift songs. And, I mean, let's just face it, no self-respecting Taylor Swift fan is buying the basic version. They're all getting the version with 20 songs. And, And Taylor has been one of those artists over the years that we've had good things to say about. The last few albums, there have been a lot of problems. But it seems like she's growing sort of in some introspection and just thinking about her life as well. So, mm. Kennedy, give us the 411, if I can still use that phrase, on <laughs> Taylor Swift. What do families need to know? And, and maybe let's start with kind of what some of the positive themes are here. Yeah, so I think uh, just initially as an overview of the album, uh, Taylor's kind of been known historically for the person who calls out a lot of past yeah. relationships and who isn't afraid to kind of stir the pot when it comes yeah. to uh, <laughs> a celebrity drama. But uh, in this album, you don't see as much of that. Instead, you see a lot more of this introspective look. Uh, it's called Midnights, which are it's based around uh, all those midnights that really meant something to Taylor, that really kind of shaped her life, uh, whether those were uh, whether those were past relationships or whether they were, you know, literal midnights where she would be up late just thinking about, oh man, maybe I'm the problem, you know? And, yeah, and that's uh, even a line in one of the songs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Uh, she calls herself the anti-hero in yeah. her song, Anti-Hero. But yeah, so in terms of positives, you do see a lot of a lot more realistic takes on relationships. Uh, she's not singing about the white horse coming to get her anymore. Instead, she's talking about, hey, maybe this wasn't as wonderful as I thought. It's certainly not bad. Um, and she certainly sings a lot about how positive and good relationships can be, uh, provided that they're healthy. But she also talks about how they can be damaging, too. Okay. Well, speaking of damaging, I have to, of course, drop the other plugged-in shoe and ask, what do we have here that parents are definitely going to want to know about in terms of content? Yeah, so on par for her last few albums, a lot of her songs do have uh, explicit language and explicit content. Um, You see a lot of references to uh, drugs or alcohol or sex. Um, You see you hear a lot of heavy swearing. Um, and there are a couple of themes within a few of the songs that we might not want to emulate, you know, such as <laughs> in Mastermind, where she talks about, hey, I, manip- I manipulated this guy in order to get him to sleep with me. And it's like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be thinking about that one. Okay. So, I mean, is it safe to say that we've got some good things, but there's plenty here for families to be cautious about as well? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's that's just kind of where we're at with Taylor Swift these days is she has grown and matured as an artist. As you said, we've moved away from, from the, white the, the fairy tale, you know, yeah. um, and we have moved into a lot of murkiness and I'm glad she's thinking things through a little bit more, but it sounds like there are also a lot of behaviors that we certainly don't want young girls especially emulating. Of course, yeah. It's a lot more of an adult album, but with that also comes a lot of the negative adult stereotypes as well. Okay. Well, Kennedy, thanks for letting us know what's going on with Taylor Swift these days. And as always, you can come to Plugged In and get reviews of not only the latest movies, but music, TV, video games, books, YouTube channels, and technology. So thanks, Kennedy. Thank you.
Well, now it's time for a beloved segment on the Plugged In Show. We call it Pop Culture Connection. And actually, I, I might be the only one who loves it because... I just like watching everybody squirm as our producer, <laughs> Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. Ashley uh, is going to read us some really awesome questions that have something to do with popular culture. And we have 30 seconds. Yes, just 30 seconds, which, I mean, let's face it, Paul and I can't even cough in 30 seconds <laughs> uh, to give as many answers uh, supporting our question as possible. So, Ashley, take it away. All righty. Well, Paul, let's have you go first oh, today. Oh, goodness. Goodness. <laughs> yes. Man. All right. Hopefully it's a All right. Black Panther spirituality-related question. Whew. Lots to talk about there. Yeah. See previous. What do you consider to be the best album ever and why? You know what? I'm going to go with uh, Dark Side of the Moon. Uh, mm-hmm. It was on the charts for... I'm, I think in 20, 25 years, Pink Floyd uh, did it. it. It was a very unique style of album at the time where it really had, you know what, I'm going to change my answer right now. Wow. Oh, no, <laughs> okay. Dark Side of the Moon was a great answer. It, it was a good answer, but I think I think actually Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club ah, band, yes. right? So it has like 15 bazillion things. Oh, man. It has 15 bazillion stars. Because I gave two answers. Does you gave that two give me? I, I'm... I have four points for you. Yeah, that's not too bad that's for not really the two answers. committing to an answer. That's so right. It was it was really an interesting like bridge between mm-hmm. like young Beatles and old Beatles, old weird Beatles, old mm-hmm. weird druggy Beatles. See, and I love the movie because it's got the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. Oh my mad. goodness, that is one of the weirdest movies weird I've movie. ever seen. <laughs> That's not the one that has Aerosmith in it. Yes, it? they're the bad guys <laughs> at the end. Yes. Yeah, that was okay, a I haven't super seen this, but, weird movie. But I, I have it on to. DVD. Oh, you can loan it to me. Yes, I will. I'm in. All right. All right. We still have a DVD Kennedy. player. Yep. Yeah, Jonathan would laugh at us for having DVDs. Whatever. <laughs> He's not here with us today, is he? That's to mock true. us. You are my escape room question person. So this is an oh. escape room. You oh. are in an escape room. Which team would you rather have in the room with you? The Avengers, the Power Rangers, the Thunderbirds, or the A-team, and why? Or the plug-ins team. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd probably go with the Avengers simply because there's so many of them, and they all have so many different abilities. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, an escape room is really easy for when you have Doctor Strange, you can literally turn back time. Mm. And you've got, um, Cap. I guess Captain Marvel can't do it, but never mind. Captain Marvel can just punch through the door. <laughs> um, Spider-Man is really smart. You've got uh, Captain America, who will look good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's, That's awesome. a great answer. Seven points. Oh, Woo-hoo. man. Good job, Set Kennedy. Bar high. Adam, are you ready? I would have. I would have gone with A Team on that one. <laughs> oh, you... I pity the fool who can't get out of an escape room. No, you gotta, you gotta go with the Avengers. Does anybody John. remember the Thunderbirds? Are... Thunderbirds were great. I don't yeah. think they could get out of an escape room though. No, no. They were what very about smart. the Thundercats? Oh, oh Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats! Thunder oh. oh, this has been the geekiest episode of the Plugged In <laughs> Show we have ever done. All right, Adam. The 80s are calling, and they want their geeks back. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What do you got for me, Ashley? If it were possible, where and when would you time travel? Oh, wow. So, 
Hard question. I think I would go to Shakespearean England mm. because I think in terms of a historical place, it would be amazing to be able to go to Shakespeare's plays mm. and experience that. Um, and honestly, I'm feeling like this answer is coming to a screeching halt after that. Uh, <laughs> it would be interesting to, to see, <laughs> like, you know, they couldn't go to... Yeah, no, I got nothing else really. It'd be, it'd be really stinky. Those, those it would. No, I was actually yeah. thinking yeah. about hygiene. I'm like, yeah, and I, you yeah. that's another podcast for another time. Just, Absolutely, you can go wherever you want. You're like, but I, I think I lost to play. Yeah, <laughs> I think Kennedy's our winner this I week. I think he is. Good that's job, my first Kennedy. Time. Kennedy. Good job, Kennedy. Everybody gets a raise when they win. Oh, finally. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's actually not true. But okay. <laughs> Come on, Paul, let your yes be yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show today. If you've enjoyed the show, tell your friends. We want you to let other people know how much fun we have, but not only how much fun we have, the great conversations we have about popular culture and technology and how it influences your family. So tell people about it. You can also leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. We would also love to hear from you. Are you planning to see Black Panther, Wakanda Forever? What did you think about some of the spiritual things in it? Did you like the movie? Why or why not? You can let us know on Facebook or Instagram or send us a message at team at thepluggedinshow.com and we might even feature your message to us on a future episode of our show. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us today. We love having you as a part of our Plugged In Show family, and we hope that our conversations give you something to think about this week. And next week, we'll be back with another one on another episode of The Plugged In Show. It's time to level up. Give your kids a safe, faith-focused, and biblically-based community, and so much more. Join the Adventures in Odyssey Club. Club members get on-demand access to the exciting Adventures in Odyssey series, including more than 900 episodes. With faith-building activities, parental controls, and a safe online community, the Adventures in Odyssey Club could be your best adventure yet. Learn more and start your free trial at adventuresinodyssey.com radio.